Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast. I'm Sean Anderson. Alongside me is Herb Lawrence and Vinny Duber. Today's show is presented to you by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe where you get your podcasts, and leave a five-star review. Today, we are talking about the Chicago White Sox, even though there is no baseball season currently at the moment. You can follow Herb on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. You can follow Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Duber. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Follow CHGO at CHGO underscore sports and the White Sox page at CHGO underscore White Sox. Those are brand new, so please go and follow us if you have the time. We really appreciate it. Today, we'll be talking to you about our White Sox origins. You know, how did we get involved with the White Sox? How did you start covering them? How did we get become fans of them? We'll be talking about the most important player for the White Sox in 2022. We'll be talking about that tricky lockout and how it affects the Sox in 2022 and much, much more. Very excited to talk to you today on CHGO, but let's get to my partners over here. We'll go to Vinny first. Vinny, welcome. Why don't you tell people about who you are and how you got started covering the White Sox? Thank you, Sean. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. But yeah, no, I mean, I've been, listen, I've been covering the White Sox for a few years now. You know, I think this will be my fifth year as, as a beat writer for this team. And, you know, it's fun going down to the South Side every day, I think. I, I really enjoy it. And, you know, going down to 35th and Shields, obviously, I went there plenty being native Chicagoan and, uh, you know, going there growing up uh, and catching baseball down down on the south side was always a blast. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, listen, I get to do my, my dream job in my hometown. There's nothing, nothing better than that. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Herbie, what's your story? I'm a human male, 43. <laughs> um, oh, White Sox. Okay. Um, I think I told this earlier, but 11 years old, I got to choose which team I chose, uh, wanted to root for. I chose the Sox of the Cubs. I uh, finally came through in uh, 2005 when they won the World Series. But otherwise, it's been pretty terrible for to be a White Sox fan in that regard as far as cheering for the White Sox. But we're here. Like, we've yeah. gone through the Andy Dufresne, 500 yards of, <laughs> I don't want to say it. I know we can swear on YouTube, but I don't want to say it. Whatever. You guys know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. And we're here. And it's awesome. 2022 White Sox, if they ever get started... It's going to be an awesome season. And referencing, keeping the Shawshank references up, we are fresh fish here. I mean, this is brand new. The first oh, nice. inaugural day of CHGO, the 185th uh, birthday of Chicago as well. So the perfect day to unroll this. Uh, Herb and I, though, you know, for the past two years, it hasn't been that bad. Vinny, as well, you've been covering the team. Hasn't been that bad. Been really nice watching the White Sox. Back-to-back postseason appearances in the first time in franchise history. Uh, my story's a little bit different, though. I am. Uh, I didn't make the right choice when I was young. I started off as a Cubs fan. Uh, my, my favorite color. Growing you're from, up, you're we're, from the South Side too. I'm from the South Side too. My favorite colors were blue and red. Growing up, hey, and I'm gonna be being honest with you. Already, we're five minutes in, and I'm being honest with you. I'm not lying to you. Uh, favorite colors were blue and red. My favorite. I was born on August 21st, so Sammy Sosa was wearing 21, and he's hitting 60 plus home runs. So I thought he was the coolest guy in the world. And then uh, after 2004, after his you know little cheating spell, and you know the the, the Cubs not making it to uh, the playoffs after 2003, I jumped ship. The Sox went in 2005, and you got a lifelong fan. So <laughs> that's, that's my origin story. Little Sean, apparently not familiar with the 83 throwbacks, which were also blue and red. So, yes. yeah. Well, they were, yeah, they were the good guys in black at that point. I mean, <laughs> Hawk and DJ are, are, are the guys I grew up with. So that was a ton of fun, uh, you know, to, to obviously, uh, you know, be a fan in the first year of, you know, right there, 2005. Uh, one of the greatest seasons I think we've all seen. Um, but before you know we know the get, guy on the right is? Yeah, Carlton Fisk. That's okay, my, I'll make a cheer. <laughs> that, that's my bobblehead. <laughs> my He's wearing dad, blue and red. That's my dad's favorite player, and my uh, grandma used to clean his house out in Wait Lockport. a second. Wow. Yeah. Your dad was a White Sox fan, and you chose the Cubs? Absolutely. I mean, Wait, I? I'm not a hater of the Cubs, but I mean, seriously, come on, man. <laughs> Anyways, we're, we're now going to get into the actual Sox talk. That's our Sox origin. Uh, before we get into all that, though, I want to talk a little bit about CHGO. Uh, again, we have podcasts and live show just like we're doing right now. Every team, every day, you got Bulls, Hawks, Sox. Uh, Bears. Bears, there it is. Bears. Forgot about that yeah. one. Uh, and then also we're going to have sky coverage too. We got the Red Stars over there in the background, this great set we have, the fire. All teams will be covered here at CHGO. We got premium written content, huh, Vinny? Uh, you got a new uh, article up that people can check out at allchgo.com. Also, dope merch for all teams. We have some merch at, at our locker room right now, so go check that out. And you can become, uh, you get a free shirt when you become a member. So you can join up, become a member. Check out all those articles, get a free shirt, and support CHGO. And there's a members-only Discord that Herb and I have been hanging out in, the CHGO 
Lounge. Now, let's get into the first topic, the first matter of business. We are currently in a lockout in the MLB. We want to talk about how it affects the Sox in 2022. The first two series have been canceled, Vinny. Uh, now the Sox opening day is going to be on April 8th in Detroit. How do you think that right now the current ongoing lockout will affect the Sox in 2022? Yeah, I think there's two ways to look at it. The first is probably how it's going to affect every team, right? And, and, and first and foremost, that has to do with what we're going to talk about, you know, throughout the next couple of, of podcasts, I'd imagine, and that's the offseason. And that's, you know, what that offseason is being shrunk down into a couple of days before spring training starts. Rick Hahn's got a lot of work to do left to finish off uh, building this team for 2022. He's going to have to do it in a very short amount of time. So we'll see, you know, how he's able to do that, how other GMs and, and, and front offices across baseball are going to be able to do that in a very condensed window. It's going to be wild for us watching from the outside. I can only imagine how wild it'll be for them. On a micro level, you look at the way that the White Sox are specifically affected by that schedule change. Uh, we don't know if that's going to stick, so to speak. I think the Players Union has already said their intention is to have those games made up, those two canceled series to start off the year. But the White Sox lose six games against the Twins and the Royals. The Tigers lose seven games against the Mariners and the A's, both, both series on the road. The Tigers are supposed to be the White Sox biggest competition in the Central this year, and you look at that schedule discrepancy, suddenly things are unbalanced. The Tigers lose a series against the contender in the Mariners. The White Sox lose a series against two teams that aren't expected to be contenders. And the White Sox still have to make that West Coast trip at some point, and I, I believe it's later in the season Ugh. when they go to Seattle and Oakland. And Oakland, um, too. Ugh. And, and, and the Tigers don't have to do that. Tigers play in one less game, too. So, I mean, it's it, already with just those couple of games, I mean, you might look at it and go, what's six games in April when you're talking about a 162-game season? Well, the, the division could come down to one game, right. and the Tigers might not have to play it. What do you think? How does it affect the Sox? Because obviously, I mean, I, I agree with Vinny there. The, the big thing I think it is, too, with the youngness of this division with the Twins, Royals, Tigers, you know, those games where you're not playing the Sox, you're, you're able to beat up more on, on the Royals, on the other bad teams in the division, and that's going to you know, possibly make the, the, the division lead a little bit tighter for the Sox. So, I mean, are you worried about the Sox, you know, possibly winning the AL Central in 2022 at all, Herb? If it stays in Detroit has seven games off their schedule versus those tough teams, yeah, maybe. But if we're 162 and the White Sox playing the AL Central for the crown, I think the White Sox, the talent in that long of a season, will show out. Think about what we've been through as White Sox, as I referenced it a little bit before. We had the, the lock over the uh, rebuild from 2016 until like 2020, and then we had a shortened season because of COVID. Last year, full season, then got twisted up by the Houston Astros in four games. We realized that we are not a team that is ready for prime time. I, I hope you guys did. Like, when I watched that series, I'm like, that's a different animal. Mm -hmm. Houston's better than the White Sox. So I was looking forward to this offseason currently to make the White Sox that much better on the next level. It didn't happen as yet. I was pissed that the White Sox didn't get anybody before we went into a lockout on December 1st. I understood their reasoning, but we see all these good names go off the board, and you're like, ah, wouldn't like to have Marcus Stroman to solidify this rotation. But, you know, the White Sox will have a furious run right. once this lockout ends. That's not fair to Rick Hahn. That's not fair to the White Sox fans who have been waiting for this period of time where we're going to be in contention, and now we have to still find different positions. Like, we'll talk about it a little later, right field, second base, designated hitter, in about two, three weeks, because I imagine spring training not longer than a month once yeah. we get ready, and... You have to sign these players. They have to get to Arizona. Then they got to come up here and get ready. So it's going to be very unfair for the White Sox. It's advantage other teams in the Central. Advantage Twins. Advantage Tigers. Guardians. That's weird to say. And the Royals. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, this is the best dream for all those four teams, that the season's going to be shortened. They want it more shortened so they can find a way to just catch fire and beat the White Sox in the AL Central. And I think that's the only way the White Sox lose where it's a shortened schedule, 140 games or so. Yeah, and the thing, too, you talk about the frenzy that will happen once the lockout ends, if it ever ends, and it'll be about three weeks before the regular season starts and three weeks to make your final trades and free agency uh, signings before opening day 
opens up. So before we get into the expectations for the 2022 Sox, Vinny, I mean, this is probably the biggest three weeks for us as content creators, just because it's going to be so much jam-packed into one spot. Are you expecting this team to be active in, in those three weeks? I, very active, mildly active, you know, somewhat active, making a few signings. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think they have to be. You know what I mean? We're, there are needs on this team, no doubt about it. I think chief among them is probably second base. I mean, go get a second baseman. They right. probably need to make a trade to do so, given that you know probably the few candidates on the free agent market were snapped up before the lockout began. So I think they have to be active. I, I mean, I, I think they could use a little bit more in the bullpen just – you know, to, to make sure that that is uh, as short up as possible. Uh, and I think a lot of people are looking at right field. I don't necessarily see right field as a huge need, but but a bat might be a huge need, right? And and there are a lot of bats, big bats that can play right field. Right. And so that might fit there. Uh, so, yeah, I expect them to be active. I think that, you know, this roster is very good right now. They've got a lot of guys that, that, that are going to drive a championship caliber roster. But I think that they've got to go out and get some guys. And, and when you talk about active and you know, the history of this team and, and the front office recent history and how, kind of how the fans view it sometimes getting frustrated. Why aren't they, right. you know, in the rumor mill for every big free agent and stuff like that? I think a lot of it has to do with the White Sox approach being that they they are very, very aggressive on the guys they want to be aggressive toward. You go back a few off seasons and you look at how quickly they signed Yasmani Grandal, how quickly they signed Dallas Keuchel. You know, they, they make these moves because they've targeted these guys and they, they're guys that they want to be a part of this. And that's where I think you'll see the aggression because they have spent months now of this lockout being able to think over who they want, who they want to add in, in that thing. And so I think they'll be able to go after those guys aggressively. You might not see it. We don't always hear about all the behind-the-scenes behind the stuff. Rick Hahn is quick to tell us how much they <laughs> operate best when nobody's talking right. about them. So that might be the case. But, uh, yeah, they have to be aggressive, and I think they will be. And, you know, you've been out of the podcasting game for a bit here, Herb. I mean, it's been three about, weeks. you know, th three months. Three months, yeah. yeah three months uh, hiatus here. Fans haven't been able to hear you. So, I mean, are you expecting them to be as active as, you know, Vinny's thinking they might be? Do you th are you expecting them to be in the rumor mills and active for those positions that they need to fill out? Yes, because if you're going to be Jerry Reinsdorf and you're going to usurp your general manager a couple years ago by hiring legendary Hall of Fame baseball person Tony <laughs> LaRussa, you have to have, like, you saw the Houston series. You're like, okay, we're not that level. Cool, I don't like to spend money. Usually I get the unfair label of being cheap. But what I want is my friend, who I brought back, to have success. So you saw the team that played last year, and that's not good enough. So he'll let the purse strings a little, be a little free and let Rick do his job. Because despite what most people might think, I love Rick Hahn. I call him Teflon Han or Teflon <laughs> Rick because of how the media usually treats him. Like, oh, it's fine, Rick. You're good. You're fine. You have a terrible owner. Like that. It treats him like a child. He's not a child. When he's allowed to do his job, he would have picked A.J. Hinch. When he's allowed to do his job, he picks people like Yasmani Grandal and Dallas Keiko, who had a phenomenal two th 2020. But when he's... If he 2021. Huh? If he 2021. Oh, he, yeah. Terrible. But then going out and getting Liam Hendricks. So no, he, I mean, had a, like... he had a good 2021. He got married to Kelly Nash. Congratulations, <laughs> Dallas Keuchel. But yes, if Rick Hahn's allowed to do his job, yeah. he's going to put a championship caliber team. Look at where we're at. He said in 2016, we're mired in mediocrity. And then what did he do? He rebuilt this team to what it is now. It's a championship caliber team, but they need more. They need that extra guy, like Vinny says, a bat. Maybe a bullpen arm, maybe a starting pitcher. Right, and I think right now the Sox have the fifth highest payroll in, in all of baseball at like $194 million. So it's not, again, for a lack of spending, but the expectations for this team, that's what we're going to get into next. From the team side, you know, Vinny, with your background in, in, in the beat, you know what this team is expecting from themselves in 2022. But then for the fans expected, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get Herb's insight on that. But before we do that, mm -hmm. the best way to support CHGO is to download PointsBet app and use CHGO when you sign up. You need to use that code CHGO. It helps us out an absolute ton. PointsBet is your home for live in-game betting, introducing PointsBet's new exclusive feature, live NBA same-game parlay. So if you are watching the Bulls-Bucks tonight, you can have live same-game parlay action. For the first time ever, build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. And if you want more, you can also boost your live same-game parlays. You can watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. And the cool thing, too, 
online registration for uh, Illinois is going to be coming back tomorrow. So download points bet and register if you missed out on the window previously. Use CHGO, uh, use code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. It's time to elevate your live betting with points bet. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we are now going to go to Vinny's expectations, right? What, what is this is there a little theme song for expect- that, Vinny's expectations? We might. Do we have that? No. Uh, with, there next we go. Time. There we go. Uh, with uh, this team's expectations, what is this team truly looking to do in 2022, right? I mean, is it, is it what Rick Hahn said a couple press conferences ago or, you know, last year or two years ago, ask me when the parade's going to be. I mean, is that the expectation for this team that a parade should be happening in 2022? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think, listen, when you're, when you're a fan or an observer, it's, it's, it's a little different, right? I think you can be happy with a season that does not end in a championship because it was fun yeah. for six or seven months, right? When it's your job to go win a championship and you don't win a championship, you're not going to be happy. And that's what these players are doing. That's what this players, these players' jobs are. Heck, guys, they've been telling me and, and all the other guys who cover the White Sox, all the other guys and, and gals that cover the White Sox, that they've been wanting to win a championship for three years now. Right. Um, and, I mean, in 2020, they were telling us this. And, and, and last year, I think those expectations were realistic to, to, to win it all. That's the kind of roster that they had. This year... Absolutely. I mean, more than it has ever been. I mean, no one wanted, no one's expectations going into last year were, oh, we want to make the first round of the playoffs and then lose. Like, <laughs> nobody thought that that was what they wanted to do. That is absolutely, the thinking in the clubhouse is World Series or bust. Frank Manichino said it at some point last year. And, and listen, that's he the case. things, too. He did. He said a lot of things. But, yeah, but that was one of them. Uh, yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. They think they, think they are capable of the, winning the World Series. I think they are capable of winning the World Series, and we'll see if they are better than the other teams around them. And as a fan, like you mentioned, you know, this team's goal last year was to win the World Series and not a first-round you know, entry into the playoffs. As a fan, I would have been embarrassed if they didn't get into the first round last year. I mean, if they weren't able to go to back-to-back postseasons, that would have been embarrassing. So I'm, I'm at least fine with the first-round uh, exit uh, against uh, Houston last year because at least they made it to the postseason. You don't, you don't have to be fine with how it ended. Yeah. I think you have to be fine with how it, they got there. Absolutely. Right. And especially and, with all yeah. the injuries that they had throughout the season, uh, new manager as well, and still winning 93 games. It was a successful season. It just might not be the success exactly what you're alluding to. Right, and I think I think every guy in that clubhouse is thinking we better be holding holding that trophy, that trophy right there. Well, maybe <laughs> that not that one. I don't think yeah, that's that the a real one. But yeah, but holding that trophy at the end of the year, I, I guarantee you they all think that way. And so it is very, very okay for fans I don't think to that's think made that made of metal. Way. No? That's not a piece of metal? It's not. Should we bite it and see if it bends? Yeah. Um, you're one of my favorite voices in, in the Sox community. I, I was you. you know, huge into the Locked on Sox uh, uh, podcast, so much that I wanted to become the host. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you and, you and Tanny always were able to provide my, my Sox thoughts and, and the right words to my Sox thoughts. What are the expectations for 2022 for fans? I mean, what, what do fans truly expect from this team in 2022? Fans should be holding the White Sox to their general manager's words, competing for multiple championships. You can't win multiple championships until you win one. This is the year. 2022 is the year for the White Sox to compete for the World Series. Now, 2021, success overall, but how they went out, how they got punked, I was kind of hot. I was pissed. I was like, this team is better than this. I didn't think the Houston Astros are that much better than the White Sox. They haven't shown that. I know they won down in in Houston, and Lance has his problems with Houston in particular, but I don't think Houston is what they showed in the playoffs that much better than the White Sox. So it's up to Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams, Jeremy, whatever, whoever's in the front office, Jeremy Haber, to get the job done. And that's the expectations for most fans I speak to. Like, it's not playoffs or bust. We tasted it. We've had consecutive playoff appearances for the first time in franchise history. It's about... Getting to the next level, and the next level is not the ALCS in particular. Because if they got to the ALCS and lost, I would be pissed. <laughs> Get into the World Series, competing against the Dodgers, competing against the San Francisco Giants, Mets, whoever, is where the White Sox should be. And that's the level we should hold them at because they're here. And there's only a couple more Tim Anderson years. There's only a couple more Rick Lucas Giolito years. So this is our window. 
need a strike, and the fans should be holding their feet to the fire to a championship level. And you got Chicago radio legend Fred Hubner saying preach. That's so look at guy. that. There you go. Love Fred Hubner. <laughs> and, and I like also seeing up there, points bet. Use this code uh, CHGO uh, if you want to help us uh, s- support us. And, uh, yeah, what a fresh look uh, into Chicago sports from my dad. Thanks, John Anderson, for participating <laughs> in the chat. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I want to say, at least on expectations, the thing that I think was most frustrating looking back on the season was the fact that they were in striking distance of Houston to overtake that one spot and then have home field advantage, at least for that series. Looking at the division and the way that the division shapes up, especially just with the youth and Minnesota falling off a cliff last year, the Sox need to take advantage of that. They need to win as many games as possible this year to at least secure home field advantage. You can't be going to Houston like you did uh, in, in game one and game two. I, I, you can't be going to Oakland like you did. I think that this team needs to make their true stamp. Tim Anderson saying, fuck it, we're the best team in the American League. You weren't. I, I, as much as you, you know, hyped yourself up and as much confidence as you have, and obviously that leads to you being one of the best players in the major leagues, like, obviously you got to talk yourself up, but they need to go out and prove it. They need to go out and prove that they are truly the best team in the American League, in my mind, in some fashion or another, whether it's the best record in the American League, whether it's winning the pennant this year, they need to prove to me at some point this year for a long stretch outside of, you know, 2020 where they had, you know, uh, the, the lead, I think, around like after 30-something games. Uh, they, were the first, they, be. they were the first uh, first team in the American League to clinch a playoff spot. They, they were the number right. one team oh, in the American <laughs> and League. Then, and then let the, the division go. That, uh, with 10 games to go, Ooh, yeah. yeah. And, and then also last year, I think around July or August, they also had the best record in the American League. Yeah. Let it slip. And injuries were a part of that, but this team needs to go and make their stamp, in, in my mind. And speaking of what you said about the Twins – we're not going to get as lucky as Byron Buxton being out for the majority of the year. Right. That's an MVP candidate if he ever stays on the field. And Mikhail Sano, if he ever puts it together, will also be an MVP, MVP candidate. And we've talked about the Tigers, Vinny. They're coming. Like, I know Sox fans are out there like, oh, they son, Javi Bias. They have much more than Javi Bias. Like, uh, we call him Honus Haas, the catcher. He's awesome <laughs> versus the White Sox. That's Chris Tannehill. Shout yeah. out to you. Um, like, Torkelson's coming. They have people on their t- – uh, Tariq Scoble. They, they have just a signed bias. I yeah. mean, that's a, you know, what they Casey think Mize. is a, Like, they, they're here. And so, if we're not taking advantage of 2022, or, what, what are we doing? Right. These other teams are going to catch up. They're not going to just be like, okay, it's the White Sox time. Let them do it. No, we're right here. And we need to take advantage while we can. And now I have like a million questions going because we've done this a couple times already. We've gone through test runs, and we've I know, I, and I know where the bodies are high. high uh, the, the, yeah, the bodies are hidden. Hidden. Yeah, I, I know where to go with uh, Vinny and Herb, just based off of what Herb's saying. But we got to plug in uh, some ad reads. Let people know about CHGO. Uh, we got podcasts and live shows on every team every day. Tonight you're going to have the Bulls game, the Bulls and Bucks. Matt Peck. Big Dave. Uh, I also think Will Gottlieb will be giving you the pregame show and the postgame show. So you'll be getting live shows each and every day. You got premium written content. Vinny's got an article up right now on allchgo.com. We got dope merch for every single team. And we have a, a free shirt if you become a member. Go to allchgo.com. You can become a member and you can be a part of of our community. That's one of the big things here with CHGO. That's why we got 77 neighborhoods back here. We got all the, you know, Madison, 35th and Shields. We are trying to, yes, exactly. We're trying to represent exactly what you are, the Chicago fans. So please come and join us at allchgo.com. Now, Vinny, the next question, we're kind of talking about the window here. And one of the things that you said, interesting today, this was the first time I think we've talked about this, was Lucas Giolito and how he fits into the window. We talk about winning multiple championships. You need an ace to do that. I feel Lucas Giolito is the, you know, the White Sox ace at this moment. How long will he be in Chicago? And, and what right now is the temperature of a Lucas Giolito extension? Because you know, part of this, too, is working in the very short offseason. Well, it, it, there's a difference, right? I mean, I think we're used to seeing Rick Hahn's extensions, and they've come at a, at a time in these players' career that Lucas Giolito is obviously very much not at. Yes. So we saw Tim Anderson get his long contract when he was very young. We saw 
Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert get their contract extensions before they even played a major league game, and we saw Yohan Moncada get a similarly lengthy contract. Well, Lucas Giolito has been to an all-star game, finishing the top, uh, you know, 10 or 15 in Cy Young voting a few times at this point, has thrown a monster of a playoff game in Oakland, <laughs> which to me is the... He was possessed. Even with, yeah. even with the no-hitter, the high point of Lucas Giolito's career right now, the most impressive moment for me in watching his career was that playoff game he pitched in Oakland. There's also the game in 2019, though. He had uh, went to Minnesota, day game, complete game shutout against one of the best lineups in the American League that year. I mean, like, didn't they break the record for home runs in a season? Yeah, that year, too. And yeah. he it just went in, shut him down. Yep, Absolutely. he was tremendous then. And, and look back just the last year, pitched excellent against Milwaukee, Houston, Tampa in the, in the regular season. I mean... He, he stepped up against some good teams uh, later there in the second half. And we had this discussion yesterday. I'm going to throw you guys – this is a baseball term. I don't know if you guys know this. I'm going to throw you a curveball here. Ooh. Um, we should get a glossary, <laughs> uh, a little glossary entry on the screen for curveball, yeah. Yeah, for, only use baseball references. You use other sports references, I'm going to be lost. <laughs> for the White Sox ace, we kind of had this discussion okay. a little bit yesterday. Lucas Giolito versus Lance Lynn. I, I'm of the opinion – Kind of what we're talking about here. He has a great performance against Oakland. He has a great performance against Minnesota. Able to no-hit the Pirates, which, eh. But, you know, I, I mean... Major League team. I, I think that Giolito's stuff works against all 29 teams. It's If Giolito's stuff is on, you are going to have a nightmare at the plate. Where, with Lance Lynn, obviously he has the huge demeanor. He has the, the, the energy. He has, you know, I'm going to throw 95 at you, try to hit it. I think Giolito's the ace. There was some discussion last year between Lynn and, and, and Giolito. Where do you guys stand well, on this? Ace, ace is for us. This is for us to talk about, right? Yeah. When you talk to the team, you ask Lucas Giolito who, who's the ace. He's like, we want five of them. Right. Because what, what you're describing there is guys who performed like an ace should perform. The White Sox had three of them last <laughs> yeah. year, I would say. Rodon, yeah, yeah. And especially with Carlos Rodon. And then... None of those guys led the team in strikeouts like Dylan Cease did. Yeah. But to answer your question, yeah, if we're going to put a nice little uh, conversational well, opening tag day. on him. Like opening yeah. day starter. I throw, throw Lucas every time. Yeah, and, yeah. But, but even then, I think like it, game one, wasn't that started by Lynn? Right? Or was yes. It, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that was part of it too. Like, if it's a game one, if it's a game seven, if it's opening day, I want my ace, if you know, using the glossary term right, here. Right. I think it's Giolito in, in, in all of those circumstances. And I think that, you know, even if the White Sox possibly started Giolito in game one, maybe the series changes just a little bit. I'm not sure. But I, I really do think that his extension is such a big part of this window. Mm -hmm. And I think that he is the ace because of his early season struggles last year. That told me a lot about Lucas Giolito. His changeup was getting murdered by Boston. You remember that doubleheader mm -hmm. they had early? Yeah. And where, he, where we thought he couldn't pitch before 11 a.m. Patriots Day game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was getting peppered that first month. He adjusted, started throwing more sliders, and then at the end of the year, he started converting back to putting a ch uh, changeup mix back into his repertoire. He is the guy that changes and adapts to what they're doing to him. Like, remember, in 2018... Lucas Giolito, worst pitcher in baseball. <laughs> worst pitcher in baseball. Uh, we used to call him uh, Stephen B. Smith. Um, Lucas Giolito worked from 2018. He's like, something's wrong. Went with Ethan Katz and refined his pitching and became one of the best pitchers in baseball in 2019. Best pitchers in baseball. <laughs> or 2020, sorry. And so, yes, I believe that Lucas Giolito is our ace. This is his last year of being ace because, as he said, Dylan Cease is coming. Dylan yeah. Cease is learning how to pitch. Dylan Cease is getting confidence from when he started here from last year, like just having him on the score, listening to him talk. The guy knows he's the stuff. To, to get to your, yeah. what you were getting at uh, uh, with this Giolito line of questioning in terms of the extension, we're used to seeing those extensions from the White Sox in, during spring training. Rick Hahn will tell you we, the, the White Sox prefer to handle that business in the offseason. When the offseason is going to be about four days long on the other side of this lockout, right. spring training is not going to be that much longer. Do the White Sox have time to get that done? Or has the lockout ruined that? Or were they ever going to get it done? Who knows? Yeah. But the point being that if you look at the recent history of these things and you say, oh, well, that's when they gave an extension to Jimenez. That's when they gave an extension to Robert or, or, or to Moncada. Well, now... G would that be when they give an extension to Giolito? Well, they might be a little busy. Yeah. Well, and maybe the new thing is giving pitchers extensions during uh, the middle of the season. You know, maybe yeah, to maybe the he's got to earn route. It. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But think about this. Like, uh, and Vinny can probably speak to it more. 
when Lucas Giolito was drafted out of high school, he gave Mike Rizzo a tough ride. He's like, I'm not leaving. I'm not signing with your team unless you give me mm-hmm. exactly what I want. He's like, I'll go to UCLA. I'll pitch for them. And Mike Rizzo had to acquiesce to what his demands were because Lucas Giolito was one of the best pitchers, and he was hurt that year. Well, and we know Lucas. I mean, Lucas seems extremely savvy, extremely smart. We know the family he comes from, an extremely smart family. It seems like he wants to stay in Chicago, but also it seems like he knows his worth. Yeah. And, and that's what might be the other danger here in 2022, too, is if you let him go out on the mound and he's pitching for something like a contract, then you might just be playing against yourself here and really only negotiating yourself, that number might go up and up and up if he starts having the season that I think he's hoping to have in 2022. Let's pay the bills real quick. The best way to support CHGO outside of going to allchgo.com and watching and commenting like you are is to download the PointsBet app. Use CHGO when you sign up. PointsBet is your home for live in-game betting, and that's because for the first time ever, you can build the live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game, and if you want more, you can also boost your live same-game parlays and you could do that tonight. Bucks, Bulls. If you're watching the Bulls game, you think DeMar DeRozan's having a good game, you want to take us over and you want to take the Bulls money line, boom, live same game, par- uh, same game parlay right there. And you could use promo code CHGO. And if you use CHGO, code CHGO, you get two free risk bets up to $2,000. So go use the live in-game parlay for the NBA tonight. And you could sign up using the PointsBet app, register for your account, from start to finish, all from your phone. And you can do that starting tomorrow in Illinois. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-47,000. And the, or 4700. And the code is CHGO. You can, you can dial 47,000. <laughs> yeah, it won't work. <laughs> no, it'll it work. It'll... 47000. Yeah, it'll work. Go anywhere? You just an the, extra the, number. Yeah, You've you already hit the numbers. Right. Dial. All right. Well, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. That makes sense. Your phones. Let's get into what you we kind of You just go, teach. Siri, call name, and then <laughs> just does it. Come on. What are call phone numbers? Siri gambling problem. Uh, <laughs> now let's move into what I think Sox fans really love, and all baseball fans love, mm. is trying to figure out and filling out, playing fantasy GM, filling out the roster, filling out the positional needs. And funny enough, if you go to allchgo.com, you can go see Vinny's article on this, his great article. He tells you five different positions that the Sox need to address this offseason. So why don't you give us one? Why don't you start us off with one of the positions that they need to fill out? I mean, I alluded to it earlier. This, this starts and ends with second base, in my opinion. I mean, you know, unfortunately for the White Sox, that trade of Nick Madrigal for Craig Kimbrell did not work out. Uh, and unfortunately, the Cesar Hernandez move did not work out either. <laughs> Cesar Hernandez had an option just like Craig Kimbrell did, and had that gone well, he'd be the second baseman it right now. It was like $6 million too. Correct. And the White Sox like, nah, I'm good. But he defensively, offensively, he did not make the same kind of impact he did with Cleveland, and, and so... He had the one was, homer at Wrigley, and that was he about it. Early in his, early in his tenure. And it then started like, off great. I'm not going to hit ever again. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, they need a second baseman. And I think the, the, the main thing you got to talk about first is that that's nothing against Leary Garcia. Leary Garcia was brought back because he's a valuable part of this team, but his value is in his versatility. And if you put him as the everyday guy at one position, you are taking away the, the best attribute that he brings. You cannot use him to give guys days off everywhere else all over the field. You cannot use him when an injury comes up, when Tim Anderson goes on the IL for 10 days. You can't, you can't put him at shortstop because he's your second baseman. And if you do do that, then you are bumping down on the depth chart to places that you don't necessarily want to go if you want to be a championship-caliber team. The guys who would be the free agent solutions to, the, to this problem, to this question, hmm. have been signed. They have jobs. And so Rick Hahn's going to need to go to the trade market. That's going to be tricky as well because this is a team that wants to win the World Series. They think everybody on that roster is going to help them do that, and they just have a farm system that was ranked as they have a farm system that was just ranked as the worst in baseball. Mm. So putting together a package that brings you back the guy that you need to be your everyday second baseman, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be but, pain, right? But that's what they got to do. Like it's going to be real pain for a player going the other way that you're not going to like going the other way. It depends, yeah, because. The, that's, that, is a, that is a balance, right? Mm-hmm. And so if it isn't, then you're not going to be quite as happy with the second baseman. Well, I think there's a bunch of weird options that could be leaving, right? I mean, Craig Kimbrell is like one of the ones that could be leaving. $16 million salary this year, 
And, you know, obviously he has somewhat of a Hall of Fame resume, Hall of Fame no, for a closer. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, yeah, but closers get, I mean, he's Joe one of the Nath- best Hall of Fame. I'm a pitchers of all time uh, as far as reliever. I think you can make an argument for Billy Wagner and Joe Nathan, but also those guys aren't getting in. So I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I'm, I don't think you're wrong. Episode. I don't think you're wrong. Anyways, Hall of Famer Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> he is a, an interesting option. Too. Yes, Hall of Famer at the bank. He is an interesting option, though, because it's like, do you want to have that guy in your bullpen? Because obviously he has that ceiling uh, of what we saw in Chicago, and that's why the, the Sox ended up trading for him. And there's like the weird mix of prospects. Do you give up on Jake Berger after what you saw in 2021? Are the pitchers, you know, that high of, of level in Stever and Lambert, or are you going to go into one of the younger ones like Kelly or, or Norhe Vera? So, I mean, a lot of tough options and, and tough pieces that they can sell off. Yeah, I mean... I think the best case scenario is that Kimbrell brings you back an everyday second baseman. I don't know how realistic that is, but I think that'd be the best case scenario. If you can get an everyday second baseman by giving up the prospects that you just named, I hmm. would consider oh, that a win. I already hit yeah. the button right. on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's nothing against <laughs> Jake Berger. Put some people in there. It's nothing yeah. against Jake Berger, who's been you know a, uh, a a model of resiliency and being able to get through what he's been able to get through uh, and get back to the field. But Jake Berger is not part of your plans, if, long-term plans, if you're the White Sox, because of Yohan Moncada and Jose Abreu. Right. I guess, it, I mean, it's difficult just because, like, Berger, it might not give you Brandon Lau right. or, it you know, uh, right. Gene Segura, right? You might have to go a little bit more bargain shopping, and, and that's where Rick Hahn will truly make his money is, you know, can you find the right guy for the right price? And it just seems like that price is going to be so difficult depending on what team you talk to. And you have to do it fast. And you have to do it in Everybody that you might be trading for <laughs> might get traded within hours once this lockout ends, too. Let, let's talk about Leary at Legend, though, because, mm. you know, last year it was the most innings he logged at second base, over 200. He hadn't logged over 100 since 2014. He logged over 100 in 2013, but in between there, mainly used as a utility guy all around, all around the diamond. What's the expectation in your mind for 2022, Leary? Um, I, see, I see him being the same guy he's always been. It's a guy that is a middle-of-the-road Major League Baseball player, will give you some clutch hits, will field his position all right, especially in the infield. The right field is a little shaky for my liking, especially you saw that play he yeah, did in Houston. Houston. Yeah. Ugh. Um, but right now, like Vinny said, we need to go out and get a second baseman because playing him at second base every day hurts the team. He's not a starting second baseman for a championship caliber club, but he's the best fifth infielder or the best fourth outfielder a major league team can have. That's why the White Sox signed him for a three-year deal. A utility player like that, I know. Your man will get mad at me. Your man, Tony LaRusso, get mad if I said don't you, utility don't player. You, don't you call him a utility player in front of Tony, that's for sure. What was the story? Because for, for people who might not be, you know, used to listening to White Sox talk from NBC Sports Chicago, you know, your, your old place, you know, bring it to the all-CHGO audience. So, so the, you're, you're, you're back and forth with Tony. The day that, uh, that Leary hit the walk-off home run to beat the Boston Red Sox, uh, awesome day. It was it was a scheduled Leori love fest after the game, right? We all wanted to know about Leori and the impact he's made in the clubhouse, and some great comments that day from the players, from Tony as well. On, great on, comment there too. I'm a little leery about Leori. Oh, nice, mm. nice pun. Yeah. You gotta like the pun there. Shout out there. But uh, but yeah, and so you, I would I would think to describe a person who is versatile and plays so many positions that the word utility player would be an apt definition. But there are some folks, and I believe the Southside Skipper is among them, that thinks that when you say utility player, you're talking about a reserve or a guy who is not good enough to start. Yeah. Uh, he thinks and, it as a pejorative. Right. Like you're talking down to Correct. a utility player. Correct. Get out of here. And so Tony took a slight bit of joking offense to my calling Larry a utility player and said, if you call him a utility player again... I'm going to dislike you for the rest of the time I'm here. Oh, so I I've, thought he was going <laughs> to challenge you to a fight or something. No, it was there was no sort of glove slap going okay. on or anything. But yeah, no, it was a I was threatened with dislike, which I did not I did not want. Uh, a very very sensitive man. But uh, but yeah, so I was corrected by the uh, by the manager that in the belief of him and the Chicago White Sox, Leary is a starting caliber player who happens to play all over the multi specialist baseball player. There you go. I mean, we need to White come Sox up with a new title. Have played what seven. Playoff games in the last two years? Yes. Lurie started six of them. <laughs> six. Not Jesus. all at second base, but when he signed, I'm like, he's a starter. He's the White Sox starting second baseman, especially if we got this run right. for the regular season after this lockout. 
maybe Larry Garcia is like, mm, fine, let's worry about Lucas Giolito's uh, extension. Let's worry about getting a right fielder. Let's worry about getting a designated hitter. And we'll be fine at, at second base. If we're not, we have the trade deadline type of thing. So White Sox fans, get ready. As my guy Beef Loaf on the 108 says, Larry Garcia, starting second baseman. I think it's a possibility. I, I don't want to write it off. I just worry about if you have Leary on the lineup, you're, you're probably going to have to have Mendick on the lineup as well Ugh. or somebody who can back up Leary at second base. Like, on the roster. Yeah, mean. on the roster. And, and, and that's just going to limit your ability well, to have Sheets and Ingle and, and Vaughn. Like, I really don't see a route where Leary can't be anything but on the bench. That's a very good point because, right, Leary needs to be there to be the fifth infielder. Right. And so if he is the fourth infielder, Someone needs to be the fifth infielder, and that might not be somebody that you want to entrust uh, a lot of playing time to when you're trying to win a championship. Yeah, and none of those guys have taken the step up where you're like, okay, we're good. We know this guy is going to be a solid fifth infielder. And Brandon mentions that if the White Sox sign Michael Conforto, I'm pretty sure he said he's prepared for anything Tony throws out at second base then. So Michael Conforto just might be able to solve all of our problems. And you mentioned the Leary started six of the past seven postseason games. In some of those postseason games, we've seen Nomar Mazzara in right field. We've seen Edwin Encarnacion at DH. You've mentioned Thank God he wasn't in right field. That would have been a problem. God, he wasn't in right field. 38-year-old Edwin. Wow. <laughs> Stretch. Uh, but with... That position, DH, right field, you said they need a bat, Vinny. Yeah, what, my, what, my, my, what, what type of bat? Yeah, what, my opinion is not necessarily the White Sox need a right fielder. I think a lot of people look at right field and they say, well, that's such a great opportunity to put a bat in. Let's just say that's the position of need. I think, it's also probably the best crop. Like of any free agent position left out sure. there, it's probably the best crop. Sure, and that's agents. fine. And, and I think that they're, that's correct. There is a great opportunity to upgrade the lineup in right field. Mm-hmm. And if they want to go sign Chris Bryant or Nicholas Castellanos or Michael Conforto to play right field, that will be the upgrade to the lineup that I think is a little bit more necessary. But the greater benefit is just getting a bat because there are guys on the roster who can play right field. Why don't you just put – and if the, the bat that you go get can't, then the DH spot is available for, for that person to, to, to swing the bat in that regard. So – I think that Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets and Adam Engel make sense as a right field mix if they don't go get a right fielder because that right that person that they do go get can be the DH. Well, and the thing, too, with Conforto, let, I mean, Herb, let me know what you think about this. Let's say they sign Conforto, a guy who can play right field fairly well every single day. We're talking about Engel. We're talking about Vaughn. We're talking about Sheets. Again, it's kind of the... Same issue with Leary. It just seems like it's getting crowded there because then you have Leary now as what a, 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 a your fifth outfielder then, and then you're you're platooning Vaughn and Sheets at DH. Like it does seem like it's getting a little bit messy. But that here. seems good. That that which to is me, a fine problem. That yeah. to me seems like the way that it probably should play Those out. Good right, problems. where you've got where you've got Angle able to go into any. Let's be honest, left or yeah. right field, but any of the three outfield positions late not, in the not game. Knock on wood, he doesn't have to play center. Right, exactly. Ever. And then you've got Larry to, to be able to plug in wherever you need him. But yeah, then Vaughn and Sheets go to DH, and, and that, make, that might be best for them because we're talking about them as being able to play right field. They're not necessarily right fielders. So right. if you're looking for that kind of thing, then yeah, go get the right fielder. I'm conflicted on this, Sean, because yeah. the more I think about it, the more I think the Ingle Sheets and Vaughn trio platooning out there and right is a solid thing. It's easy to talk yourself into it. But <laughs> I just talked about are these players championship caliber players? And all of them, except for Ingle, are playing out of position. And those first two guys, like Vaughn and Sheets, second year is going to be playing. So a sophomore slump might be coming into the fold. So, yes, I would love for that aggregate player to be in right field. But I also don't want to let any stone left unturned. Make sure you get a person that can play right field at a much above level level because there's nothing worse than going into this season and those three guys fail. Like Adam Engel is hurt. And then you have Vaughn fall off the table and Chiefs fall off the table. Now you have another right field position or another right field where it's desolate and it's the worst in baseball like they've been for years on end. That and designated hitter. I can go both ways, but they need, as Vinny stated, a hitter. Just a hitter to solidify that lineup. And so if Vaughn, if Sheets doesn't raise up to the level and have a second year that is, nece- that is necessarily that good for the White Sox, 
then they can say, okay, this guy makes up the slack. We have XYZ, Kyle Schwarber, or we have right. Chris Bryant or other guy, Conforto, who are picking Castellanos, up the slack of those whatever. other guys. Or any number of people who haven't played for the Cubs in the past. <laughs> <laughs> well, and looking at, like... I didn't even know that. Oh, look at you. <laughs> looking at last year, like, the way that they struggled in the postseason, I just felt like, the way that you put it, they need a bat. They need a bat that's going to, I think, scare people. Like, I think Schwarber, it, it, now with his... Swing change, the way that he was now hitting off a higher tee, elevating his swing, see the monster run he went on in June with the Nationals, still continued it in Boston as well. I just think a guy like that who can get on base, will take a ton of pitches, and can take it deep at any point is just something that they're missing, especially from the left-handed side. Gavin Sheets showed pop and potential. Shout-out to the Game 4 home run he hit off of McCullers, but... In all, it just feels like even you know the past two series, like the reason why the Sox weren't able to get over that hump in the first round against Oakland and Houston was because of the bats not showing up, or at least not showing up at the right time. Yeah, those the, that's a very very small sample size. You know, that's yeah. a handful of games there. But I think the idea is that they need a bat not because the lineup is weak, because I think the lineup is very very strong. Mm-hmm. It's that you're in this arms race now. You know what yeah. I mean? You you want to win the World Series? You got to be better than every other team. And the way to ensure that is by keep adding, keep keep getting your keep making your strength stronger. And so, yeah, they've got Tim Anderson and Abreu, Grandal, Aloy, Robert. We can keep going on down the list. But what if they also had one of these guys that we're talking about? Then they're even better, and that makes them even more suited to win a championship. And her pitching wise, before you, I'll I'll, I'll just let you have the only word on here. Pitching wise, starting pitcher, relief pitcher. Do, is there a large need there? Vinny mentioned it in his article. Would you say that there's a larger need in the rotation, in the bullpen, and, you know, why? I think it's the rotation. We're counting on Michael Kopech to come in as our fifth starter, theoretically, mm-hmm. to be a guy that's going from spot starter, reliever, awesome at it, to maybe pitching, what, 150 this year? A little less than that? It's going to be questionable with his injury history, and also the majors, you know, adjusting to what he does. He has electric stuff, but starting pitching in the major leagues, which he's done very few times, remember, he's been hurt for a lot of his major league career, is a different animal, a different beast. We've seen what Dylan Cease went through his first couple years as a full-time starter, and now he's the guy that we all projected him to be. I think that same type of pain will be with Michael Kopech. So to alleviate that, and there's really no help behind it. I don't know if you want to roll dice on Raylo Lopez. I'm good. He had a great, great end of the year. Awesome. Keep on doing that in the bullpen. And Dallas Keuchel, while I said he had a good 2020, 2021 scared me. That was the guy I thought they were going to be signing in 2020, even though I was very hyped about it. I thought he was going to be that type of pitcher, not the guy that showed up that was almost a Cy Young winner in 2020. So, yes, you need to go and get another arm, another guy that can pitch at least 130 innings because you're. I love Michael Kopech. But depending on him to start this year as your fifth starter, right. it's deadly. It's dicey. Well, and this is a topic we can talk about, I think, all next week, all you know, throughout the, the offseason as well, because there's even Carlos Rodon on the team last year, not currently signed. The Sox know the most about him. He's played only for the Sox. They know the most about him. Maybe there's a number that they will reach at some point in the offseason uh, where you know they, they bring Rodon back, but you know that's still again wait and see uh, because this lockout still needs to end. Let's take a quick break. After that, we're going to be talking about the most important player for the Chicago White Sox in 2022. We got about 10 minutes left. Thank you for all your support, all the people watching right now, and we have to thank PointsBet for their uh, support so far for CHGO. You can see up in the top corner, code CHGO. That will get you two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And tomorrow is a big day in Illinois. We are reopening uh, the online registration for gambling sites. So you can go and download the PointsBet app, use CHGO, and you can get two free risk bets up to $2,000. And again, you could do all of that registration mobily on your phone tomorrow. PointsBet Go and live your best life with PointsBet. And again, gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Now, let's get into the topic of who is the most important player to the White Sox in 2022. We've talked a lot about, uh, a, lot, about a lot of them today, but we haven't mentioned Tim Anderson. We haven't mentioned Jose Abreu. We haven't mentioned Yasmani Grandal. A lot of names, uh, a lot of talent on this roster. Vinny, if I have to pose the question to you, who is the most important player of the White Sox in 2022 if they want to reach their goal of a World Series? That guy. Fisk? That, that bobblehead. 
Which right one? there. Oh, the one on the yeah. other side. Yeah. Not Tim Anderson, but just the bobblehead. Yeah, no, stick, stick talk. No, Tim Anderson. <laughs> it's Tim Anderson. Uh, he is the most important player on this team because he is the heart and soul of this team. He What's is that? the attitude of this team. He is the, as you alluded to earlier, Sean, the we believe we can go out and beat anybody of this team. Right. Um, not only that, he's a leadoff man. You know, he, he sets the tone in, in so many ways, but also in a baseball way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he sets it in the dugout. Um, he, you remember back to last year, he had that awesome game in Tampa Bay where he basically single-handedly won that game for right. them. And then he started dealing with the leg, the leg issues that he had late in the year. And the team, when he wasn't playing, the offense just fell apart. They just fell silent. They weren't doing what they needed to do because there was no Tim Anderson in that lineup. And I don't mean just the numbers on the page, but the guy, the person, the attitude, uh, the personality, the fun that he has out there. Everything that the White Sox are right now, be it from a contender on the field standpoint or a marketing department standpoint with change the game and the South Side uniforms, everything the White Sox are right now are because of Tim Anderson. This is his team, and they are going to go far because he is going to carry them there. Yeah, and the one guy who's performed in the postseason mentioned like Absolutely. bats not showing up. Tim Anderson's performed a both series, nearly hitting 500 in his postseason career. Yeah, and I agree with Vinny. Tim is the straw that stirs the drink. Right. So I'll go a different route. We haven't seen the best of Eloy Jimenez yet, and I think he is the most important White Sox uh, player for the 2022 season. I think it's because he, in his rookie year, hit 31 home runs, and we're like, okay, here we go. This guy is the guy that we've been told about. The prophecy is correct. He hit all those home runs. Thanks, Cubs. Awesome. <laughs> Next year, nothing. Hurt. 2021, we all know the pectoral muscle. And stop jumping at the fence, Eloy. Come on. That was a huge, huge injury for the White Sox. I believe uh, it allowed people like Andrew Vaughn to get some experience in the outfield, so good. Mm -hmm. But also, I think his year of development suffered. He did not have a good 2021. And I know he's going back. And I know he's your guy, too. He loves your mustache, Manny. (laughs) True. And he's pissed about the season he had he spoke about in the postseason or yeah in the post uh season he's like I was not the guy I wanted to be I'm gonna go back and be diligent and getting my body right diligent and hitting the ball over the fence I think he has 45 to 50 home run potential when he's at his peak and he's only like 24 25 years old not even at his prime years yet he can carry a team with his offense we saw what he did when he came back Instantly started hitting home runs, and we're like, oh, here we go. And they fell off the table. He Now Tim makes the, the offense go with intangibles and attitude and also right. the actual bat. But when Aloy's on, <laughs> he's one of the best power hitters <laughs> in the game. And the media, the, Period. The media session that you're alluding to when Aloy talked about how he wants to go back to work and, and make sure that he can get back to where he wants to be, the exact quote, for his, what he wanted to do in 2022, he wanted to go back to being Eloy. That's what he said. And, and, I, and you know, he's a hilarious individual awesome. who likes to talk in the third person, so that was fun. But <laughs> the point being that you described Eloy Jimenez as a player that you know what you're going to get from what he did in his Silver Slugger season in 2020. He wants to do that again. He knows he can keep doing that, and he knows that last year wasn't just a down year. It was an un-Eloy year, and so he wants to contribute an Eloy-type year. He did the opposite. He like, played good defense, and offense was a little off. <laughs> did you guys ever hear about his favorite movie? You guys know his favorite movie? Just Twins? Top? No. What is it? The Mask. The Mask. Yes. He was With Jim the, Carrey. He was on All the right. score, I think, back in 2019 after uh, the Thanks Cubs home run. And uh, they were you know, just you know, shooting the shit with him. And I thought, uh, I they, asked him, they asked him what he was up to. He's like, oh, I'm watching The Mask. So there you go. There's our, <laughs> there's our, there's our drop then. Every time Aloy Jimenez hits a home run, somebody stop me. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were talking about the Eric Stoltz mask. I don't, even, I don't even know who Eric Stoltz is. Thank you, Lawrence. Shout out to Lawrence behind Lawrence the, and the our camera. whole crew back there working hard. I mean, Absolutely. These young cats over here don't know who Eric Stoltz is. Ridiculous. Well, is Eric Stoltz the guy that was supposed to be in uh, Back, back to, to the, the Future? Back to the Future, yes. Yeah, okay. I, get, I know him for not being in anything. So <laughs> you know him for not you. being Some Michael J. Kind of wonderful? <laughs> I, I don't know that called? one. I don't know that one. That's a great song, Grand Funk Railroad. Yeah. Absolutely. Amanda um, Jones? Samantha Jones Amanda from Sex Jones. And Sex. It was a, it was a song in the movie. Oh. Yeah, again, I'm. this is all lost on me. Go and check out the Eric Stoltz uh, <laughs> this, filmography. This shirt from 1993, referencing the Western Division White Sox championship, is older than me, so Eric I have Stoltz no also idea. also in Pulp Fiction. 
What did he play? He was the guy who gave the, the needle to uh, John Travolta's oh, character. Okay. All right, we're getting off topic. Drug dealer. With Eloy, real That's quick. That's not Sox Talk? That's not Sox Talk. <laughs> Eric Stoltz is not Sox Talk. Stoltz Talk is a completely different uh, podcast. It comes on like at 9 o'clock. <laughs> but with the, the, the outfield, we talked about Engel and, and Vaughn and Sheets kind of crowding up right field. We talk about Eloy here. There's supposed to be the DH for the Sox uh, coming into, I think it was 2020. Vaughn. Oh, uh, Vaughn was in, in 2021. In 2020. Eloy gets hurt. Right, and then obviously Vaughn is, is thrusted into the outfield position. I like seeing Andrew Vaughn in the outfield. I don't know if I like seeing Eloy in the outfield. Is there any possibility where that they can just solve the DH position with Eloy focus, focusing on full-time hitting uh, like Jordan Alvarez of the Astros uh, does? I think uh, I don't think that's good for Eloy. I, th- I think, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it comes down to, like, if you're playing fantasy baseball, if you're playing a video game, yeah, stick him there because, right. you know, the character does not have a uh, a personality or, or you know so but what it comes down to is that dh is hard for a lot of people and i think aloy detests it so much because it takes focus off the entire game it makes it very difficult to have to just go sit for 45 minutes and then get up and swing a bat as opposed to coming in and out from the outfield so i think what's best for him from an offensive standpoint is to let him keep playing left field i mean think about the designated hitters in the hall of fame i think there's four yeah frank well, thomas we got Ortiz, we have Tomei, and then we have Edgar Martinez. Like uh, Harold Baines, too. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, I, I don't I, even know if I'd count Frank and Tomei. I mean, they, I would no, see Frank him is more, more of a first baseman. No, he played more DH than first base in his career, I right. think, eventually. But I'm saying, it's you have to be of that caliber. Right. Like, you have to be, like, there's... Like, DH is hard. You have to have a mindset. It's hard for Jose Abreu, who just won an MVP two years ago. Yeah, That's yeah. true, but I mean, Andrew Vaughn, who took on basically every challenge that he did last year going into the 2021 season, he worked with Jim Tomey, and he you know was able to at least understand the mindset of what it takes to be a DH. So, I don't know. I don't think it's impossible for Eloy, and it, it might be the best thing for the Sox if he's not you know out in the outfield. And the thing is, though, I don't care if Aloy is a bad left fielder. I care if Aloy is hurting himself being a bad left fielder. And last year, 2021, as I alluded to, he was a much better outfielder. I don't know if it was working with Luis Robert while they're both rehabbing in Arizona or something else. You, I think, alluded to what we're talking about. You can tell about the Tony La Russa story. He is a better outfielder than I gave him credit for coming into last year. If he's that guy that showed up in 2021, I'm fine with him playing left field. Just don't dive. Catch the balls that are hitting the air. Otherwise, 88 is going to catch everything else. Well, let's get to 88 because he's my most important player for the Sox in 2022. We have a graphic as well. Um, it, it shows how important Robert has been to the Sox and how important he was after his injury. First couple games, and this is the uh, the graphic I want to show. Um, Go on now. We'll, hear, we'll, we'll show this one. That's fine. Uh, pre-injury. It's fine. That, that, one, that one works. Uh, pre-injury, you could see his, his, his stats. Very good uh, before he, he ended up uh, hurting his hip, it was, right? Um, flexor, yeah. Yeah, 21 uh, games where he had a hit in his first 25 games last year. Was very good. But post-injury, he starts opening up a little bit more, and we start seeing the power come through. He had 10 extra base hits in his first 25 games and only one home run. 25 extra base hits in his last 43 games uh, with 12 home runs. I just think this stance change, uh, him being able to get a little bit more open, really lets that natural power come out and show. He was the tied for fifth most valuable hitter uh, once he came back from injury from August 14th to the end of the season at October 3rd. And we haven't talked about his defense. You mentioned to it, 88's going to get anything that Eloy or Vaughn doesn't get. He's one of the best defensive center fielders in the game, and I think that the bat is truly coming along, as, as we could see just from the numbers right and here. And the numbers that are most important to me is that K rate. He almost cut that in half from 30% yep. to 17%. He's not, he's not chasing after the, after the injury. He came back, he determined, and he learned what pitchers are trying to do to him and not going for their pitches, waiting for them to come to him. I don't think it's fully out of his game. Uh, swing percentage, uh, even during that, was like around 60%. So he's always going to be a swinger. He, He's always swinging. So it, it's really, can his bat speed get up to it? And, and as long as he's able to get wood on it, I, I think it'll go far. But I really do think that if he's able to be the MVP caliber player that we think he can be, that's what's taking the Sox from, you know, first round exit, ALCS exit, to World Series contender if they have a top five player in baseball. They haven't had a top five player in baseball in a long time since your guy, Frank Thomas. I mean, 
people are going to qualm with you with Jose Abreu. I understand what you're saying on top five player. Right. Because you're talking he, about He had a top five around. performance in a 60-game season, Abreu. Yeah. I don't oh, ever think. Calling a Mickey Mouse season? No, I'm not. But it was a 60-game season. Uh, I, when has Jose Abreu been a top five player in 162 Abreu. games? They're coming after you. I, I love Abreu. And there's Drag a reason em. why. Right Drag there, him, the Twitter. M, the, MVP him, bobblehead, <laughs> the MVP bobblehead's uh, mine for, for Abreu. I, 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 I love Abreu. I love Pito. No, I don't. Get out of here. Thank you for watching the first inaugural episode of CHGO, the White Sox podcast. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Go check out his new article at allchgo.com. That's Herb Lawrence, the former host of Locked on Sox. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. Also, score legend, so shout out to your time there. Uh, I'm Sean Anderson. I'm the current host of Locked On Sox. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Follow us, CHGO, at CHGO underscore sports on Twitter and the White Sox feed at CHGO underscore White Sox. And again, this episode was brought to you by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a five-star review. I'm Sean Anderson. Up next on CHGO at 3.30 is the Cubs show. We're going to see Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, uh, Cody. I forget Cody's name. Uh, I last think it's name. Delmendo. Delmendo. I was going to call, say Delmonico because socks on the brain. It's always on the brain. It's yeah. always on the brain. Nikki D is always on the brain. And Corey Friedman. Excited to see what they are bringing to you, our Cubs fans, here at CHGO. I'm Sean Anderson, and we will talk to you on Monday on the CHGO White Sox podcast.